Hi everyone, and welcome to the place where we discuss all things communication. This is Guide to Awesomeness, powered by Coldwell Banker, Ronan Realty. Hello everyone, welcome. Thank you for joining me here today. Today I'm joined with Tina Mack. She is the founding president of Aria Vancouver, that is A-R-E-A-A, the Asian Real Estate Association of America. She was born and raised in Hong Kong and educated in England, fluent in Cantonese, Mandarin, and English. She started her real estate career in 1992 after immigrating to Vancouver in 1991. Since 92, Ms. Mack's professionalism has put her in the top 5% in the Vancouver real estate industry. People before profit. Ms. Mack always puts herself in her client's shoes. I could go on with the many experiences and skills and all the things that make Tina Mack awesome, but that would take up all of our time, so let's just jump right into it. Thank you for joining me today, Tina. Thank you so much for having me, Jonan. I appreciate you uh, you taking some time off. I know there's a bit of a, a bit of a time zone difference over here. I know right now it's about two o'clock in the afternoon. Yes, yes, yes. At least it's still within your business hour. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Just I guess to get things started to get a better understanding of you, why did you decide to get into real estate? It was a fluke. Seriously, just a fluke. It was seriously it was a fluke. My first profession, I'm a musician. I don't know if I can still say that I am because I haven't been really do much at all. But uh, that's my professional training, classical music. And then I moved here. I was doing full-time teaching piano. My family was saying, that, okay, Tina, with your outgoing personality, why don't you try real estate? I said, what is that? Because when I was in Hong Kong, real estate was all about parents' business, none of my business. Mm-hmm. So I said, what is that? So I hate failing exam. Let's put it this way. I don't like study. <laughs> I'm not mm-hmm. a good Me academic neither. kid. <laughs> I wasn't terrible one. at it. So I locked myself in a room for a good six months, study and study and study. Although I get educated in English is not a huge deal, but it's still, you know, when it comes to legal terms and understanding all that kind of stuff, it doesn't matter whether English is your first language or not. It's still legal terminology. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I passed and the rest is history. Just continue to grow and continue to make a name for yourself. Yeah. It's been so long ago, I don't even remember. I was like back in 1992. <laughs> so were yep. you born yet? <laughs> uh, no, I wasn't even born yet, unfortunately. <laughs> I was, uh, my sister would have just been born that Here year. Go. <laughs> you make me feel really young. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I can't lie to you. I won't, I won't do that. Uh, no, 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 no. It's good. It's good. I feel young. It's, it's numbers games. That's it. That's all that matters, right? Exactly. It's all about how you feel. Exactly. So that was a fluke. That was really a fluke. And having worked in the industry for so long, what would you say is the biggest shift you've seen happen in kind of the way that business happens? I have to say professionalism. I don't want to make it sounds like a, a, a sad things or negative things, but professionalism has shift since the late 90s. Because when I got into the business, we were not allowed to have second income. Mm-hmm. One income and that was it. So uh, in the late 90s with the Competition Act and apparently saying that some agents were not able to make a living, 
So they have to open up and things like that. And I get that. However, the professionalism has gone down since then. Right now, we see a lot of team, and it has been a trend for quite a few years now. Uh, I get that, and and also when I first got into the business, we had training a lot more training than today's world, and then we had to make cold call, which is like no cold call, mm-hmm. not gonna happen. You know, I don't do cold call, door knock, no, you know, all that kind of stuff. But those were our days, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people they afraid of cold calling because it's just uncomfortable. It is out of the comfort zone. And then this do not call list came along, so we cannot do cold call anyway. Well, yes and no. There's a tricks. You know, there's always a way to to get around. It. Of course. Yeah. You can't say you can do it, but there's always a way That's to do right. it. That's right. There's a will. There's a way. Right. So we did cold call. We trained through cold call. I call Fistball. I call rental ads. Right now, it's Craigslist. Craigslist was was not around. So rental ads. And I say, okay, you've been renting so long. You know, like, have you been thinking about selling? You know, stuff like that. And I got my first listing through Fistball. And and then I make my first checks within a month. Mm-hmm. That's all it started. And the shift is about the teamwork. Is that I would like to build a team, but I know that with my control freak personality, <laughs> team is is really tough. And I do find that uh, most of the people they get into team these days is because you know they would like to have a life, and mm-hmm. I totally get it. I don't envy people to say that. Oh, I wish I could be like you doing this, but I said no because I'm crazily workaholic. I'm twenty four seven. And people say, well, you don't have a life. I said, well, I don't look at work as my work. It's not a job. So uh, whether I work at 2 a.m. with people out of country or I work at 2 p.m. in the afternoons or 9 a.m., it does not matter. I have been internationally known as I don't sleep. But now I'm getting old. I find it's like, you know, sleeping usually should be less. But I've been told that I should sleep more. (laughs) Usually that's the case, right? Right. So that's my bad things, and I don't expect people or I don't recommend people to do what I do. However, I, I have a passion, and, and sometimes a lot of the agents get into the business. It's not about passion. It's about they see other people doing well, making good money, driving a good car, getting some brand names, you know, all that kinds, and they think that, let's get into the real estate business. I've got clients that say, hey, Tina, I want to get into the real estate business. Because I love to look at MLS. I love to look at uh, houses on, on computer. I said, but, but the reality is not looking at listings on the computer. Mm-hmm. It's way yeah. more than that. We have a lot of hat, right? So that's the shift that I, I see is that I think that the bottom line is that I love doing what I do. I love people. And I love helping, especially the millennial the young mm-hmm. people to get into the real estate world, build their wealth through real estate. I understand stocks is nice and quick. You can make $10,000 a day, or whatever the case may be. And that is kind of like the temptation there. But people, they misunderstood. They sometimes say, well, Tina, you only look at 
you do all the luxury things and, and high net worth people. To me, it's not. I have clients. The youngest one was, not anymore, but was 18 years old. My oldest one was, she's still alive, but she was 90. Wow. So my range is really big. And I think the most important thing is that as a salesperson, I don't look at myself as a salesperson. I look at myself as like I helping them to do a better financial planning through real estate. That's the big shift is that the shift is that the core, the shift shouldn't be that much, but the shift is, is about like technology, digital, everybody's all becomes like ever since the internet exploders, everybody's okay. You have to be social media. Now you, you know, like from Facebook, Instagram to TikTok and YouTube. I mean, like, who are we? What do we do? What is our core? Our core is to help our clients to help them to find a new home or upgrade to a, a bigger home that they want. What is our core? Our core is like, are we in the social media business or are we in the business to helping people to find a sweet dream home? And that's where I think maybe as time progresses, like obviously right now with that shift, we need to find the space where there's that happy medium. Yes. Because I think we're seeing that people my age and sort of that millennial mindset is looking at, okay, well, I want to f- see them doing things on social media because I want to see that they're, you know, their personality. I want to see what they're like and get that in my head that I see that person all the time. But at the same point, we still want to make sure that we're, we're in the business for the right reasons. Correct. I think the most important part is be yourself. Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing. And that's why my, my mentor is people before profit. The most important part is when you help your friend, you want to make sure that their interest is your best interest. Some millennials get married very young. Some of you guys say, okay, I'm not going to get married until whatever. And then some of you guys will, okay, trying to buy something together with your girlfriends or boyfriends or common law and things like that. Then we get into this money transfer from parents, like parents' bank. The parents will say, okay, well, if you're going to live together with your boyfriend or girlfriend, what if you guys split? And then, you know, like, where's my money? You know, my, my down payment is for you, son. It's not for whatever, you know, things like that. So we became kind of like a consultant and say that, okay, you need to pay attention. If you live together with your boyfriend or girlfriend and your parents providing the down payment, what is the consequences? explain to them and say, okay, talk to a lawyer, check with your boyfriend or girlfriend and see if they're willing to sign something so that your parents will have a peace of mind. You know, like all that kind of stuff. It's not just about, okay, I want a one bedroom or I want a single family homes, you know, stuff like that. That's number one thing. Number two, this technology world that I find is that even though as millennial, you see what they're doing on social media. You see, you can go online and you can find out all kinds of listings that faster, I wouldn't use better, but faster than us because we service many clients. You just focusing on what you want, right? So you will find your listings that suit you like in no seconds. However, I find my clients that I'm working with a lot of Indian millennial, mm-hmm. IT, Amazon, Google, and all that kind of stuff. 
what they want is not just looking at the listings. What they need from us is our expertise, our mm -hmm. experience, our knowledge. We tell them, okay, this is good location. This is not. What's the pros and cons if you pick and choose this and all that kind of stuff. They need guidance. Millennial mm -hmm. needs guidance. And all the young people... I don't want to make myself sound so old, but all of you can, we all can Google. You mm -hmm. have a lot of knowledge that we can find, but experience comes with age. Of course. So we have seen a lot of sad things or bad things or good things. We just share more. But then the thing is, this most important part is treat your friends, your clients, as if you were buying your own property. That's the key part. Makes sense. Yeah. Put yourself in their shoes. Mm -hmm. And we're all different. Especially Canada, multicultural mm -hmm. country, even though the Caucasians with different ethnicity background would think differently, how we behave has everything to do with how we're being brought up. So different background, how to break the ice how to understand different culture right now is more important than ever. Mm -hmm. COVID teaches us that, you know, we need to be embracive, inclusive. Uh, however, just because you have a different ethnic background, clients walk into your open house and then you put a deal together with them, doesn't mean that you understand them. So there are different cultures, a something that you should say and something that you shouldn't say and some things that you probably get, you know, upset people that you don't even know just because of the cultural difference background. The main shift right now, I think, is sadly is the cultural gap. Mm -hmm. Okay. Put the technology aside, but it's the cultural gap. We need to understand each other a little bit more. And as soon as we understand each other, for example, you're a millennial. Your mm -hmm. parent thinks differently. Yes. So I always do the arbitrator, <laughs> especially the CBC, the you know, Canadian-born Chinese, mm -hmm. versus their parents. This huge, huge generation gap and cultural gap too because the millennials, they, they behave and their thinking is all westernized, whereas mm -hmm. their parents, they're, they're immigrants. They're very traditional. Doesn't matter they're Chinese or Indians or Pakistanis or Italians, it really doesn't matter. But old school. Mm -hmm. So I often has to talk to the parents because I understand what parents thinking and how they think. And because I'm also on social media a lot, so I understand, you know, how the millennial thinks. So I have to be the intermediate things, bridge the gap between the two generations. So that's part of the agent's job as well. It's empathy. And and I find really cool talking with you is the fact that we've already touched base on on these kind of things before with previous guests as well. So we, we've talked about concepts of understanding your passion. And we've talked about empathy. And we've talked about the idea of all these things. And it's really cool to talk to somebody to actually put it all together. I really enjoy talking with you so far. And uh, I appreciate it. It instills then when with our listeners is the fact that they they understand that it actually does matter. And, yes. and these concepts do make sense. Yes. Yes. What would you say has been your biggest motivator in making a name for yourself? Mm, 
Let's put it this way: I never thought of making a name for myself. That was not on my business plan. As I mentioned, I am still a workaholic. So it sounds weird, but I cannot. Sl- it's not that I cannot, but I sleep like a baby when I'm out of the country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I enjoy attending conferences, Coal mm-hmm. Banker conferences, Inman, NAR, Western Conference, all different kinds of conferences. And for me, that's a relax. I go and party with my colleagues, drinks and yak, and just have fun. And that was my motivations to work, and then at the same times work and play. And through all this, I started to know a lot of friends, colleagues, locally, nationally, and internationally. And making a name for myself, I think that probably it start from 2007. I start to have my radio show, and、uh, it's a Chinese radio station, not podcast. And if you think about podcast, that probably was my early stage of podcasting <laughs> back in 2007, and I'm still doing it. So I'm I'm 14 years in that radio station. I don't work for them, but I have my weekly show. I、uh, interview. Experts、uh, in the real estate related business, not just real estate, but real estate related business professionals, on my radio shows, and that was my motivation because it keeps on giving me knowledge. I learn from these experts, like lawyers, cross border accountants, and social media experts, guru, and all those people, and inspectors. You know, like you name it, I have them, like property managements and all that kind of stuff. So for that, it makes me、uh, becomes like very knowledgeable, not just in Vancouver, but nationally and internationally. And from that onwards, I start my first speaking engagement with Coal Banker back in 2010, and also the rest is history. So I was speaking on NAR's platform, Inman, Coal Banker, Aria, the Asian Real Estate Associations of America, and all that. That's how I guess、uh, my brand grow, and so in today's business, I think the most important part is branding.、Mm-hmm. I've seen more and more、uh, people they talk about branding. I did my branding almost like ten years ago. It's a very important thing because when you're in the team, your team leader is the brand. You're not the brand. You're helping the team leader or the team. Okay, if you want to do this business as a part-time job, I understand. Don't get yourself too crazy. But if you really want to look at this as your career, then I think that branding is important. And it's interesting because, as you said, your name, your brand, was just kind of grown organically. Yes. Through the the networking you did, through through the different tasks that came up, and just more things that sort of came up to to not only better yourself, but then you looked at okay, well, how can I help everybody else? Similar to what this podcast is, right? This podcast, yes, it puts Ronan Realty, it puts the Coldwell Banker name out there, it does all of that, but it's also about helping people, giving them an opportunity to learn more. Absolutely, and helping is something that I guess is in my blood. My、mm-hmm. mother was a teacher for thirty two years. And I was teaching piano and children's choir. 
So teaching has been in me, is in my DNA. And so I think that uh, sharing is what I enjoy. We all attract our own group of people. We do. Automatically. But I think that the most important part right now in today's world, uh, secondly, as a realtor, is, is negotiation. Negotiations actually is a lot more important. Uh, what I discover in my recent years is that the older generations, we love to negotiate. Negotiate is in our genes, especially a lot of the Asians, Europeans, you know, we're all about negotiation. We're not talking about, okay, you said this worth a hundred thousand, I give you a hundred thousand, a hundred dollars and a hundred dollars. No. We always want to get a better deal. So when I when I negotiate with my millennials uh realtors, I find that there was one case. It was funny, it's like uh he the buyer's agents I representing the seller, the buyer's agents brought in it's, it's a Caucasian uh, buyer's agents. Uh, his client's Japanese, and he brought an offer like ridiculously low. So I asked him, I said, where did you get this price? So throughout the conversations, then he said, well, Tina, why don't you give me a a, a bottom line and then I'm going to try to to close it. And I said to him, I said, my dear, doesn't work that way. The Asian like to play poker game. Okay, we don't give you our bottom line and then you go to close it. It just does not work that way. And he said, yeah, I noticed that. (laughs) So uh, that is the part that sometimes I get a little bit worried when I work with, uh, you know, like millennials, representing millennials, because it's so used to, you know, like if you buy on Amazon, it says $10 and you pay $10. He said four ninety nine, four hundred ninety nine doesn't matter. You're gonna pay for it. You're not gonna negotiate with them. There's no negotiations on Amazon, and that is the problem. So you're so used to is that okay? You're asking so much, then it's so much. Whereas us in our generation is even we know that is a good deal. We still want to have a better deal. <laughs> so that is the part that is to me is the fun part of my negotiation. But it might take a lot longer and just to get $1,000 less or whatever, you know, the amount could be insignificant. But to me, it's that I feel good that I'm saving my clients some money. That $1,000 can buy them a dining table or whatever, you know, like it seems, I mean, like $1,000 commission, you know, commission on $1,000 doesn't mean much, not even as Starbucks coffee. But yep. my clients appreciate that I save them a thousand dollars. That is the mentality that I find is a little bit missing. Maybe it's just that the one that I work with like that, not I'm not trying to tell say that, you know, one paintbrush and paint every everything's the same, right? So that's that's how I find it. The negotiation skill. Uh, the teamworks that I find that we need to have a little bit more better communications. I find the team members that they don't know this and that because I work with someone that opened the door. Then I work with someone that is is uh, negotiating, which usually is the team leader. And then I work with the admins who deal with everything else. And so there's a lot of, you know, like miscommunications. However, what is good about the team is that 
you get volumes, you get your team out there. That I belongs to this great team, and that's that's what it is. So you know, it all depends. You know, I'm not saying you know, I'm just not good in working in the team environments. Not saying that I'm not team players. I guess I like to hold my clients' hands from the beginning to the end. That's just me. And that's a fair point to make. And that, and I think that can relate to a lot of people that that have that entrepreneurial mindset and things like that. That you know, it's not necessarily that being part of a team is wrong. And it also, I think, people need to realize that I've I've seen it happen before. You know, you start out in a team to build yourself up, to get more knowledge, to understand what you're doing, so that you can then move、Absolutely. on to your own. And that's the that's a great thing because sometimes in the past I would say to some of them and say, okay, maybe it's better for you to start with the、uh, at the sales center to do pre sale with the developers and things like that. Then you you can you you get the the taste of it, but you still have people they walk in there and want to buy, versus you go out and has it for business. You know that's the different mentality part. You know things like however you know like. Experience comes from everywhere, from your parents, from you buying anything. And I don't know if maybe this relates back to、uh, to our next question, but what has been your greatest challenge so far, and how have you overcome it? Challenge, I love challenge. So challenge to me. I find that's a common thing with real estate agents. <laughs> Is it eh? I I do. We have an agent in our office that、uh, she she always says, you know, she always loves、yes. a challenge. I love challenge. It's nothing that I find is challenging. Ah,、uh, maybe not enough rest is my challenge <laughs> because I have to work with overseas people and there's a time zone difference. Some agents would like to okay, I don't want to talk to anybody after eight p.m. or whatever p.m. That's the thing. And the challenge that I find is that. Asian likes to get immediate response, and Western world is not okay. Western world, they respect. We should have time for ourselves. We should have our downtime. We should have a chance to enjoy life with our family. I get that. Unfortunately, the Asian world doesn't function that way. The thing is, you see, is that for people who comes, it doesn't matter. I'm not saying that this is just for Chinese. But the Asian world, you know, like if they come from other part of the world to come here to visit their children, doesn't matter if it's Chinese or Indians or Pakistanis or Italians or whatever, they come here during the holiday season. So holiday, we want to spend our holiday with our family too. But that's the time that they come here, so we have to work, right? So we we really don't have time, and and that will be the challenge is to. I have to say to to keep the relationship together, and and I'm I'm being very you know like upfront with because it, it, this career damaged my marriage, so I got divorced is because I got too busy, so that's that's the thing. Especially this is in the woman side, the human natures, the universals that woman stay home, bring up the kids, look after the house and the husbands and all that kind of stuff. Woman is extremely good at multitasking. And my fellow gentlemen's colleagues and something, don't don't get me multitask. I cannot do that. I'm not saying that all, but some do. And then in that case, that you know, like it makes that you know, challenging for a lady, a female realtors when they can make it, because it takes away the time 
you know, from home. So how do you balance between home and career? That's challenging to some of us. Not myself, but I can see the challenge for other families, females, broker. Mm-hmm. So I know you said, you know, it's been, it has been a while. It's been a long time, but I want you to try and think back to, to 1991. Holy cow. To be standing in the you know middle of Vancouver, and uh, you see a, a younger Tina walking up towards you, what would you tell your younger self? You fake it until you make it. I like that. And you dress with success, because when I remember when I do the cold call, okay, and the people there say I don't you know I was a new immigrant. I have no sense of direction. Females is pretty bad sometimes, you know. <laughs> not all of us, okay? But many of us. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. And I apologize to those females who is very good at have good sense of directions, but I I did not. I'm better. I won't say that I'm very good still, okay? So, you know, like I came here as a fresh Canadians. No, I wasn't even Canadian yet. I I married here. So later on, I became a Canadian. But all I'm saying to you is that, you know, when I did the cold call, is oh, my house is this. And what do you think of the, uh, the uh, my house worth in this area? And things like, I have to fake it. I have to immediately. Now you have Google Map. In those days, we use MapBook. Have you seen MapBook? <laughs> right? How many of us know how to use MapBook these days? So I have to flip the MapBook right away. I have to, you know, like do a lot of things behind us. That's the beauty of doing cold call because if you sit in the middle of a, you know, like living room and you're brand new and you don't know the area well and people, they start challenge you, not challenge, they don't, they don't know that you don't know, okay, your seller. And then you have no answer. You don't even know the school in the area and all that kind of stuff. What, what are you going to tell them? You cannot tell them, oh, the school is really high ranking that's why your house worth more because you're in the school district and all that you knew nothing about that but that's the beauty of having cold call <laughs> you have all the cra- craziness chaotics behind the scene and it's yeah sure i know this area you know like you fake it until you make it yep that's the part right and then you dress for success canadian sometimes is too casual toronto is way better east coast is way better West Coast, I always say that we're Vancouver, we're Lululemon town. <laughs> okay. So we're very casual. And plus, our weather is not like East Coast. We don't need to choke all the way up, you know. You can wear ties yep. and, and so that it close up, buttons up, and you have a jacket and all that kind of stuff. But in West Coast, I hardly see people wear ties. And when I see those wear ties, I know they're new in the business. <laughs> because all the experienced mm-hmm. one is like, okay, forget it. I can make a deal with my t-shirt and flip-flop. And it's, sometimes yep. it's just way too much. To me, it's, it's way too much. Doesn't matter, you know, the high net worth, they can wear flip-flops. It doesn't matter. But us, I think that we should, you know, dress up a little bit. You make a million dollars a year, you go right ahead and wear a pair of flip-flops and shorts to every job meeting you have. Exactly. So that those are the two things that I I, I said to myself when I was young. <laughs> I think they're, they're both great notes to somewhat end on with the fact of, like you said, dressing for success and fake it till you make it. 
But before we go, I'd like to ask you three questions that we ask every guest that we have. So the first question is, what is something you do to ensure that you're always striving to work productively? Passion. Passion? Passion. What exactly motivates that into your productivity? I know I love doing what I do. And negotiation. It's just give me this burning sensations. I love negotiating. It's like I'm in the middle of negotiations during this podcast. Of course, I'm not doing it right now when I'm talking to you. But uh, mm. those things makes me really thriving me. And also knowledge. As I mentioned earlier that I do have a radio show, I interview experts from different parts of the world, local, national, and international. I know that 99.9% .9 of our business are local. However, through my show, I interview people from Canada, obviously, and uh, U.S., China, Hong Kong, France, London, India, Australia. I've covered all these countries. And why did I do that? Because people they sometimes say, that, why do you want to do that? We're not selling over there. Yes and no. The reason why I'm saying that, if I know what is going on in the other part of the world, then I can tell my clients is that, do you know how lucky you are in Canada? Okay, our pricing, as much as we like to complain, but comparing to different part of the world, we're still quite affordable, even though it's unaffordable to locals. But that applies to people in Hong Kong. You know, the people in Hong Kong, we know that Hong Kong, Tokyo has the highest price in the world. People locally will say the same thing as what we said here. Of course. When I interview my out-of-town, out-of-the-country guests, that gives my listener to understand, okay, yes, we're in here and all that, but because Canada is an immigrant country, we will always have overseas money. We will always have those people, they bring money in to this country. Currency is very important. Because if our Canadian dollars is weak, meaning that if they will have more money to bring in, and when they buy, the mentality is very different than the local uh, Canadians make local money and buy. So I enjoy knowledge. So when it comes to thriving me, motivating me, it's knowledge, negotiations, passions, those three things. What's one habit that has transformed your life? I like to talk. Can you tell? <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> talking and it's not just talking. It has to be a meaningful one and educational one. I shouldn't use that as a habit. It's not a habit. <laughs> looking at new things, looking at going to different properties, looking at the designs and beauty makes me want to convert that into my, uh, it, it helps in the business. It definitely helps in the business. And my habits, or maybe it's like my original professions, my piano. When you're musicians, any of the listener who has children who is in art or athletes and all that, the discipline is everything, okay? Mm -hmm. That happens, you know, being self-disciplined self-motivations that helps me 
And when you have your children in the musical world, you know, like play piano, play violins, play whatever, or gymnastics, hockey, basketball, anything is discipline. They have to know they they have to know that they if they want to be better, they have to discipline themselves and not to go to the pub and plays and you know like drinks and all that kind of stuff. And they just have to to keep themselves and hopefully. Uh, to to build a career into a billion dollar career, not me, because mm. I'm working by myself. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. Enjoy working with your friends. Enjoy working with your clients. Enjoy helping them to find a sweet home. That's all that matters to me. And finally, if you could write a chapter in the guide to awesomeness, what would the title be? Bridging the gap. Bridging the cultural gap. That is like my that. passion right now. We need to understand each other more. We need to understand even the generation gap. Forget about just a different ethnicity background. The culture could be East Coast and West Coast with different culture. You know, your parents and you is different culture. It can be different ethnicity, but even with you know like the same one, different 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 coasts. Bridging the cultural gap is very important. That helps us to. Break the ice faster. When I serve my Americans clients, I understand their language. So we call deposit. They call earnest money. We don't do escrow processing, or maybe you guys do some, you know, like in in Toronto, but definitely not us. It's because your pre-sell, your condo, when you close, you close differently from us. When we close, we close. Mm-hmm. But in Toronto, it's different. So there's a you know like when we understand the different culture, uh, how you guys work in Toronto, how Vancouver people works in Vancouver, it helps us to break the ice and get to the points to look at houses, get into the negotiations, help them to find the things that will shorten the gaps, the time frame much faster. So to me, is bridging the cultural gap. That will be my book. Perfect. If I have to. And and I think <laughs> we'll definitely look into the concepts of it, and I think that's sort of why we put this together too, and why we called it the guide to awesomeness. Because in the end, it is it's a learning, it's a it's a book, it's aspects from everybody's experiences and putting it all together. And if if we can put it to paper, we know we definitely will, and we'll uh, we'll definitely be sure to get more of your input on that. And I just want to say that I appreciate you taking the time. I look forward to. Uh, to maybe getting another chance to talk with you again on some some other topics that uh, will definitely be coming up in the future. Let me tell you, I'll be coming to Toronto in January. Ooh, I'll definitely have to make my way down there. We're about an we're about an hour north of Toronto, but uh, I can de- I can definitely make my way down there. I may have to come down just to meet you. Thank you so much, and I hope to meet many of my co-op banker friends. And uh, I'll be there for a few days, so let's see how it goes. Perfect. But thank you for having me, and I hope that uh, my little two cents can uh, give some insights, share some insights with everybody who's listening. Thank you so much again. I'm sure it will. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts to keep up to date with the awesome people and awesome things we talk about. This is Jonah reminding you to be awesome today and be even more tomorrow.